Hello, and welcome to episode 16, all about Farewell to Lorien, chapter 8, book 2 of Fellowship of the Ring, being the 16th part of That's What I'm Talking About. My name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC. And today I am joined by Valerie Winters of Hello from Elsewhere. Welcome, Valerie. Hello. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. I think I don't remember if it was while we were recording or after we were recording. But when I did my episode most recently with Casey, he's like, Valerie would love to come on at some point. And I was absolutely I was like, tell Mary Clay that I want to talk about Lord of the Rings. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I messaged him, I think, like last week or week ago I don't know and was like so do you think she'd still be interested and he's like oh yeah totally (laughs) I know y'all have you have three kids right yes yeah so I was like I don't know how insane their lives are if they're able to this is like a night on this podcast I'm like Casey's in charge of the kids and I'm gonna go talk about Lord of the Rings so nice how I like to party (laughs) so this chapter chapter eight farewell to Lorien I don't know well let's just let's jump right in what are your feelings on the elves i'm glad you brought this up because i feel like the last couple episodes that you've posted have been a little bit anti-elf and i love the elves like thank you (laughs) i love them too (laughs) i am such a big fan of the elves i'm like okay my goal for the episode is to make everybody love the elves because they are amazing they're great i love them so much yeah it's been very um the past couple episodes have been very elf heavy elf discourse (laughs) history heavy because of the fact that they've been in Lothlorien for so for well I say for so long but it's been what one it's been three chapters chapter yeah yeah yeah. so they've been yeah they've been here for three chapters and I'm just like yeah I love this because I've been wanting to learn more about Legolas because Legolas was one of the only characters that I remembered from the movie I was like I know there's Frodo I know there's Gandalf I know there's Bilbo and I know there's Orlando Bloom who plays an elf and tell me about that because he was the one that everybody had like a heartthrob you know he was like oh Orlando Bloom yeah because he big new role I was gonna say let me check this because he was he just coming off of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies or I believe this was pre-Pirates because I can 100% okay so Fellowship of the Ring was in 2001 and Pirates of the Caribbean was in 2003 yeah so this was pre-Pirates of the Caribbean Curse of the Black Pearl so well that kind of amazes me because I feel like his heartthrob factor would have gone up immensely if he had done pirates before fellowship because yes he's you know I don't think the blonde wig does him any favors you know that's true (laughs) well I was gonna say I when I was younger and like my older brother would be watching it like on the tv and I would like walk in and see it on the tv I definitely thought Legolas was a girl character so (laughs) oh right yeah because of his long blonde beautiful hair hair. it's beautiful hair I mean we should all strive to he could honestly be like a in like a pink canteen commercial or something shampoo yeah he's like the fabio of the of the lord of the ring yes (laughs) Yes. known for his hair (laughs) yeah maybe he'll maybe so yeah so bilbo's writing technically writing a book so maybe legolas will be like on the cover of the book yes as the (laughs) as the fabio model he's the ad for all elves 
<laughs> to be fair, they all look like that. Perfect. I think this is why we love to hate the elves is because they're portrayed as the very best of us. Mm-hmm. Like they are everything that we aspire to be. They're wise. They're fair. They're gorgeous. They live in the most beautiful places. They lead these like perfect lives that we will never have. And so we just find them unbearable to us because we will never be the elves, even though we really wish we could be. I think I made the compa- a comparison like super, super early on and now I'm making it again. It's almost like he's the Regina George where his life is so great and he's so beautiful and popular and cool, but we have <laughs> we have to like him. Everyone has to like him, but secret they're, secretly they're like, I hate him because they want to be him, but they can't. <laughs> <laughs> right or it reminds me of I don't know do you watch The Good Place I do yes okay when Eleanor Shellstrop is always like you're not better than me why do you think you're better than me and she's like so defensive <laughs> all the time anytime she feels like somebody is you know better than her clearly I yeah. feel like that's us with the elves we're like why do you think you're better than us you're not better than us <laughs> Even though they clearly are. <laughs> yeah. I thought for a second, I thought you were going to say he was like Tahani and I was going to. Oh, he totally I was be is. Like, yeah, that, that <laughs> makes sense. Or like the elves in general, I guess. But I mean, that's kind of um, grouping them all together into one thing because they're definitely not like that at all. They're very, right. especially in this chapter, we see they're very humble, giving people which is very nice. So with that being said, let's, I, I'm just so, I'm glad you like the elves because I like them too. <laughs> I under, like I, yes, I understand the history is there and it's problematic. Just like honestly, any history, all history is problematic. So, you know, the elves right. are no exception. So yeah, I love the elves. I mostly, it's just because of how beautifully Tolkien writes about the elves and he always uses such descriptive language and the language is always having to do with the clouds and the sky and the stars and the moon and it's just so pretty and I'm like I I want someone to like write about me like that 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 sounds beautiful and amazing I know it's always I feel like his most beautiful, you know, descriptions are, yeah, definitely about the elves and where they live. Yeah. He definitely I don't know whether likes they... them the most, I think. <laughs> oh, yes. He puts them up there, as, you know, like the level of gods or somebody. They're the ones that we look up to. But yeah, I don't know whether it's just that the elves pick the most beautiful places to live or whether they beautify anywhere that they live so that they're up to their standard but they to live in the most amazing places i think it must be or at least lorian in particular it must be like elf magic just generic elf magic because in the previous chapter sam comments that he hasn't necessarily seen anything magical but he can just feel it like it's always there and around him so i just It's so beautiful, and much like the Fellowship, I'm so sad that we have to leave Lorien and go to, like... I know. It's always, like, the last day of vacation is always the most beautiful day, and you're, like, meanwhile, packing up the car, and you're, like, this sucks. I don't want to drive for eight hours, (laughs) and then I have to go back to work on Monday. This is going to suck so much. I just want to stay here and get gorgeously tan. (laughs) And in my case, gorgeously tan, I mean, horrendously burnt. (laughs) It's okay. I share the same affliction. Okay. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the elf magic because you mentioned that. Mm -hmm. I was looking through... Tolkien's letters and they he mentions this about he says that the elves he says their magic is art 
delivered from many of its human limitations, more effortless, more quick, more complete, product and vision in unflawed correspondence. And its object is art, not power, subcreation, not domination, and uh, tyrannous reforming of creation. Tyrannous? Tyrannous? I'm not sure you say that word. But anyways, I liked the idea that their magic is art, like their ability to make everything better beyond human ability. Yeah, that's... That's dope, Tolkien. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> that's so, that's just such a great way to think of it. It's, it, it really, it reminds me of, it really, it's just sounds very Ravenclaw of the elves because that's kind of one of the traits of the Ravenclaw house is they use magic as a form of creativity and a form of discovery and creation. Right. Uh, as opposed to it being power. So, and it's funny because I, so I've sorted all of the, this is like my dumb, bold claim where I'm saying, okay, the hobbits are Hufflepuffs, the elves are Ravenclaw, <laughs> the wizards are probably Slytherin, and then I guess the men are Gryffindors. And then my one exception to that is that Bilbo that. is a Slytherin, and I'm sticking to that. Ooh, interesting. I feel like he could almost be Gryffindor Slytherin, like maybe he started out as more of a Gryffindor like in The Hobbit, and then with the influence of the ring and his love to play tricks and things, I feel like he maybe becomes a little more Slytherin. Yeah. That's what I would say. Yeah, yeah. But I think you could definitely argue Slytherin for him. Yeah, he's, I mean, with the such a dramatic exit like he pulled at his own birthday party, only a Slytherin <laughs> would do that, so. <laughs> it's all about me. The Gryffindors are a little bit like that, too. I know, I know, right? It's not even about like, oh, it's all about me. It's I'm going to leave an impression and who cares what they think, <laughs> so. Give all the poor hobbits heart attacks. They're not used to things like that. <laughs> so, farewell to Lorien. They so the previous chapter ended with Sam and Frodo looking at the mirror of Galadriel and seeing some not so fun things. And Galadriel makes the reveal that she is wearing one of the three elvish rings, which at the when I was first reading it, I was my dumb brain was like, oh, it's a wedding ring because she's married to Celeborn and <laughs> and she can't be it's showing that she can't be with Aragorn. And that's the problem here. And then I was like, oh, no, I'm dumb. I'm so dumb. It's one of the most powerful rings in all of the land. And I was like, do the elves even have? Honestly, I've thought way too much about the elves in the last couple, <laughs> while reading these last couple chapters. And I was like, do the elves even have? A, what's the, not a monar monarchy. Mon do the elves even have like monogamous relationships? Do they get married? They definitely married? seem they... to, I don't know if they marry, but they definitely seem to stick together forever. Like, you don't, I don't know. You hear about couples together, like mm -hmm. Celeborn and Galadriel have been together for centuries so it's you know you kind of assume they're at least monogamous mate for life type of thing yeah, yeah yeah i don't know if they have traditional marriages i'm not sure so i, I was just dumb and i was like oh it's not a wedding ring at all <laughs> 
it's a really power <laughs> it's a really powerful ring. So because of this this revelation and Galadriel says, No, I'm not taking your ring, Frodo. You must do this. They're like, Okay, it's time to leave Lorien. And that's where chapter eight picks up. And they all got the gang all gathers. I know it's called the fellowship, but I'm just always referring to them as the gang. <laughs> and that works. They all gather once again in Celeborn and Galadriel's. I know it's probably like an official royal room, but in my head, it's just a treehouse. And it's just I a bet really they nice keep it pretty house. simple. <laughs> they seem pretty modest. Okay, yeah. this is one of the things that I like about the elves. So Galadriel and Celeborn, they were offered the position of king and queen of Lothorian. And they but they were like, No, we'll just be guardians of the land, stewards. Like they chose not to take the titles. Um, they wanted to be they didn't really want to rule over everyone and everything and have that like distance between the two. So they chose to be Lord and Lady instead. Oh. So when you're talking about humility of elves, that's pretty rad. I one hundred percent thought that they were like the king and queen of Lorien. So I suppose not. It well was- and I I think they probably kind of are to all effects, like they rule. Yeah, the land, they're but, pre- um, pretty much like king and queen, basically. Man, yeah. What the heck? But they chose not to take the titles. <laughs> so then, where are the king and queen? You, again, you don't have to answer if it's going to give something away. But now I'm like, no, well, where are the it king was and way queen? in the past because they've been in, um, you know, Lorien for so. Uh, I think it was a long, long ago. I don't remember what happened to the previous. Do the do the king and the queen live somewhere else? No, I think I don't remember. Man, well, that just makes me love Galadriel even more. Like I'm, I, I love her, and I would love for her to rule them all with the One Ring. I think that's <laughs> the most obvious solution to this problem that they've I come across. I love that she's wise enough. To not. Know. I know. Uh, gross. How dare she? <laughs> I know. It's another way where the elves are just better than us humans. I mean, I Boromir's over there like eyeing the ring. <laughs> he would love to take it. Oh, but Galadriel Boromir. is like, <laughs> Galadriel's like, I would try and do good with it. And it wouldn't work out. So yeah, sorry. she yeah she says like, well, I mean, it would it would start off with me be you know defeating evil and everything, but it would it would go downhill pretty fast from there. So right. let's not go and down. And I think that path. the elves are wise enough to. I think sometimes we see the elves as keeping themselves apart from humans and mm-hmm. uh, because they think they're better than us. But I think they also understand, and this is just my own personal opinion i think they also understand that humans would not take kindly to elvish rulers like if they were to be like hey we're clearly better let us help you out we'll just rule over you and make everything great we'd be like uh no thanks (laughs) yeah (laughs) i also think they just they really and it's it's because they've lived for so long you know like they've seen everything they've experienced everything and they so for you know, like they they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing, basically. And if the yes, you know, they have the wisdom to be like, "That's dangerous. We're not going to touch that." Or you know, they're just they're great. Okay, <laughs> come at me. <laughs> I'm on the same page. Oh man, oh man. This episode's going to be an elvish love fest. It's the so. <laughs> it's a very elf heavy episode, and I'm not <laughs> sorry. So anyway, so yeah, the chapter- I was so excited when you asked me to do. Feral DeLorean because I was like oh that's gotta be Galadriel and I love this oh my god I love it so much (laughs) so we'll get to that in a second yes so they all gather and they make a plan and 
I like how Caliborn Caliborn says, for we are come now to the edge of doom, which just sounds very epic and final, <laughs> basically saying like, all right, it's time to make a game plan, kids. What's she doing? And basically, right. they don't know, which I think is hilarious. And it's such a mood that they, so Aragorn, Aragorn says, we have not decided our course Beyond Lothlorien, I do not know what Gandalf intended to do. Indeed, I do not think that even he, that even he had a, God, I can't read. Indeed, I do not think that even he had any clear purpose. Like, that's just me, of, of <laughs> having no idea what I'm doing, leading other people blind me along with me. That's pretty much, it's a great metaphor for this, this podcast, honestly. I think for most humans in general, we're like, oh, I don't know what I'm supposed to do yet. And I love that before this, Celeborn the Wise says, uh, now is the time when those who wish to continue the quest must harden their hearts to leave this land. Mm -hmm. Like, just sets the mood like, hey, I know you've been at peace here and it's been lovely and great, but you kind of got to go on. And they're all just like devastated to leave this wonderfully peaceful place. And it reminded me of Harry Potter when he dies and he's at like the the train station when he's at, Mm -hmm. you know, nine and three quarters and he's meeting with Dumbledore there and he's like, he feels such peace, you know, no more pressure to save the world. And um, it's like this difficult choice to return. Yeah. It would be so much easier to take a train on than to return to the real world. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the fellowship feels like that. Like they wish they could stay in this peaceful, evil free place and not have to go off and save the world still. Yeah. They like Harry Potter have to make that choice to like re-enter. Yeah. To continue on and and end this thing that they've started. Um, Exactly. And well, and what's funny about that is Boromir basically is like, well, I mean, I'd like to go home, but we'd be heading in that direction anyway. So I guess I'll leave with everyone anyway. So, yeah, everyone's like, well, no, I'm not going to turn back and go home. And Boromir's like, well, my home is in that direction. So he's like, lucky me, Minas Tirith is on my way. So, you know, he's like, he's like, I'm going to Minas Tirith. You guys can come if you want, but I'm heading home. I'm still just waiting for some. Up to this point, we've learned more. We've seen a lot more about Gandalf, obviously. Rip, rest in pieces. We've learned about Gimli just from the chapter when they're in Moria and they're learning about the dwarves and everything that happened there. Yes. And then also from seeing their relationship with the elves being healed. So we're learning about Gimli. We've learned about Legolas. Obviously, we know a lot about the hobbits already. We're kind of slowly piece, not really even slowly piecing together. We're getting glimpses into who Aragorn is, the mysterious son of a <laughs> he is. <laughs> and <laughs> Boromir is still just a mystery to me. He is just always going to be that guy to me who said maybe we should wear the ring in the council of elrond <laughs> so i'm right just waiting the for one a who moment has the really bad idea and you're yeah. like oh when's he gonna Him. act on the bad idea hopefully he's smart enough not to act on the bad idea yeah i'm just like waiting for a point where i'm like okay this makes sense now and i understand more about boromir's character at this point in the book by page 379 in my copy i still Still know nothing about Boromir, <laughs> except that to me, he's just kind of the worst. <laughs> he's one of those characters that I feel like you learn more about him after you learn his backstory, which doesn't really happen until like you meet his dad. 
And then you're kind of like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, okay, I get it now. It all makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. You ever get it? You have like friends who are like, you know, really loud or whatever. And then you like meet their parents. Like, oh, I see where you get it from. Yeah. You're like, oh, this, (laughs) it it just all clicks. And you're like, yes. Oh, no wonder you turned out this way. (laughs) Exactly. So after, so Caliborn, I love how the elves, they, are constantly saying like, no, I will not give you advice and I will not counsel you. And then they proceed to like <laughs> give them advice and counsel them. And that's what Caliborn does. And he's he's like, well, you could get, there are two ways you can go. You can go this way or you go that way. And while my advice is to not is to not give you any advice. If I were you, I would go this way. And they're like, great, sounds like a plan. <laughs> the elves agree to give them boats to travel down the great river and they comment that they comment that Legolas, Boromir and Aragorn are familiar with boats and I just love this so and one hobbit cried Mary not all of us look on boats as wild horses my people lived by the banks of the Brandywine and this is just (laughs) once again going into the vault of why the vault of evidence for why Mary is the superior of the four hobbits because he has definitely is more adventurous. <laughs> like he's yeah. Yeah, he's more adventurous. He seems to have, you know, more skills, life skills than the other hobbits. <laughs> just just pointing that out there. If you think Pippin's the 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 best hobbit. <laughs> um, I love Pippin for the comedic relief. It's yeah, I was, my favorite. But. I have to say though, since Gandalf died i'm missing gandalf almost exclusively because he's no longer here to make fun of pippin <laughs> <laughs> and those are my favorite parts their relationship is pretty spectacular gosh i love it i just always laugh when i think about when he throws the pebble in the well <laughs> and gandalf like, throw yourself in next throw <laughs> yourself in next throw yourself in and you shall no longer be a nuisance like oh my gosh Harsh, I want the. I want to. I'm gonna like cross stitch that quote <laughs> and put it like on my imaginary Lord of the Rings section of my bookshelf that I don't have yet because I don't have enough room on my bookshelf to have a section like that. But you know, one Lord day, of the Rings, a shrine. <laughs> yes, yes. Someday it'll be there. So they leave Celeborn and Galadriel, and they talk about what they're going to do. And it just says, for a long time they debated what they should do and how it would be best to attempt the fulfilling of their purpose with the ring but they came to no decision so i just like that they 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 truly have no idea what's going on and clearly i don't know it seems like aragorn has some kind of internal conflict about taking over as the leader and it seems like there was some confusion about who was going to be the leader and i'm right like, they never obviously said second aragorn. in command yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like well it was gandalf so <laughs> who next but it just seems so obvious to me that like yeah it's Aragorn is the leader and then as they're planning Aragorn is just kind of like silently brooding thinking about what he was gonna do if Gandalf had still been there and his right. plan so he has the sword at this point mm-hmm. and he is ready to go to Minas Tirith he's like well I thought I was gonna go to Minas Tirith with Boromir um, at this point Minas Tirith has been without a king for 966 years um, like so it's kind of like <laughs> just like Lion King like it is time 
Like, <laughs> it's like ready to like ascend to the throne. Like, yeah. They've been without a king for a long time. And, um, and I thought it was fascinating that the stewards who rule uh, Gondor, they each time the new steward gets like appointed, they are... They swear an oath. They're like, if the king returns, we will, you know, give up the throne to them, like deliver the crown. But at this point, over 900 years later, like nobody expects it to happen. And so he's like, Aragorn's like ready to return. And uh, but then Gandalf dies and he's like, well, I can't abandon Frodo in the ring. Yeah, his... like I can't leave this little hobbit just to walk into Mordor all alone. I know. Yeah, his plan. Yeah, his plans came to a screeching halt, and he's like, "Well, I guess that's not going to happen anymore." So my question is: so could he not return as king until he got the sword repaired? I believe that's part of it. Like to prove that he is a. Uh, an heir of Isildur, like he has to have the uh, the sword repaired. Okay, because I also had an issue in it was either chapter two or three of book two or part two or whatever the second half of Fellowship of the Ring. This nonsense organization, and I know, I know, <laughs> it was all supposed to be published as one book, and uh, I get it, I get it. <laughs> but what was I saying? Oh, so my issue is that like they set up the sword or the the two pieces of the the broken blade as being this like prophecy fulfilling thing that the blade would be res- the blade would be restored and the king shall be returned to his rightful place and then like the next page basically the elves fixed the sword so i kind of i don't know if i missed something if if there has to be more to it if there's like a a part 2 of fixing the the sword that I'm not getting. I don't know. I'm just not impressed right now. I'm not sure why it hasn't been done before this point. I'm not sure on that. Like, why is Aragorn and the sword just both happen to be ready at this point in time? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like the movies make Aragorn and the sword, it's more of a dramatic thing than in the book. Like, they play it up. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I just, I felt like it was supposed to be a much more dramatic note in the book, too, of we've been waiting so many years. And then meanwhile, Aragorn is just wandering in the woods with the sword because he's a ranger and he's getting... I don't know, foraging for food and and hunting and looking out for hobbits. In the meanwhile, they're like, do we have a king? Where is our king? I guess he's not going to come ever. So I don't know. Right. And at this point, the people, if I remember right, so the people of Gondor assume that there are no heirs of Isildur left and Aragorn kind of has to prove that to them. Um, Meanwhile, Gandalf has done deep digging into the like ancestry the genealogy of Isildur and he's like you know he's like hey 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 I think I found the heir of Isildur so I think Aragorn knew it but he didn't really widely advertise the fact I don't know if maybe he wasn't ready I wouldn't either if I was him right (laughs) don't want people coming after you okay I see what it's been quite a Listeners, this is a fine example of real life character development where I finally learned how to read the maps in my book. So (laughs) and like the earlier episodes, I'm like, I don't know where we are. The map in my book makes no sense. Help me, please. And and now I know what's happening. Also, for the longest time, I always thought that they were traveling north 
I don't know why. I just like assumed that they were traveling north. But yeah, they're traveling south this whole time. Yeah, I... The Shire is in the north and Mordor is in the south. Like I always had that flip for years and years. Yes, they're heading. And then uh, moving forward, they will be... Now they will be heading south. Yes, they will be heading south down the Great River toward... Actually, there's like an entire paragraph. It's not, I think it's towards the end of the chapter. There's an entire paragraph where Celeborn almost just word for word verbally describes what the map looks like and it's clearly yes. an example of Tolkien being like showing off how, how much attention to do like see <laughs> look I made a map don't you want to look at my map isn't it great I made this entire land and I named everything you see that tree over there I named that you see that rock over there I named that too there are so many details in this book. It's insane. <laughs> but I love that in his letters, he mentions there's this lady who like wrote him a letter. She's like, hey, I'm having a book club or something of the sort. I don't remember exactly. She's like, I'm having a, a group of you know, Lord of the Rings fans and I, you know, I've got all these questions. So she writes him a dozen questions so that he'll answer. And I love that he says, you know, hey, I've got a minute. I'll answer your questions briefly. He says, I do not know all the answers. Much of my own book puzzles me. And in any case, much of it was written so long ago, anything up to 20 years, that I now read it as if it were from a strange hand. So I love that he put all this time and effort into it. And then he's like, Even there's still a lot know, of man. it that's a mystery. Yeah, man. He's like, eh. and it's too much. I feel like the majority of that mystery was Tom Bombadil. Man, he had to have just written Tom Bombadil while he was in the middle of like, I don't know, tripping on acid or something. And then he came out of his <laughs> if trip. If he were the type. Yeah. He came out of his trip and he's like, whoa, what a character I created. I hope no one ever asks me about that because I remember nothing about my thought process during that writing session. That's so funny because I just read, I like was doing all this research for things because you read the book and this is hard for you because you don't want to do the research and get spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> but I read something and I'm like, but what does that even mean? And so then I like look it up and you, and mm -hmm. then I fall into these holes of mm -hmm. research and I just love research. But anyways, it's funny that you mentioned Tom Bombadil because another one of his letters, his aunt wrote to him and his aunt was like, well, I'd really love if you wrote a small story about Bombadil. Like I'd love to hear more of it. And he's basically like, no, I wrote everything I need to write about him. <laughs> he's like, Tom Bombadil's had enough. He's, he's you know, he's he is happy he is. to live in the... He basically yeah. gave the same answer that Gandalf gave in the Council of Elrond chapter when everyone is like, so what about this Tom Bombadil character? Can't we get him on this action? And Gandalf <laughs> is like, no, he's not going to be bothered by this. He'll just want to stay in the forest. <laughs> so... <laughs> I love that when they're trying to decide which side of the river to take you know they're gonna go mm -hmm. down the river there's like Boromir and Aragorn are deciding and but I love that like the hobbits are Frodo's kind of you know thinking it through too but I love that the other hobbits are like asleep like they're like uh, <laughs> yeah Mary yeah other people decide this for us <laughs> Yeah, I think I, where did I, yeah, I think I had, yeah, the whole gang is in their, yeah, in their little, like, fellowship treehouse Airbnb, and they're talking, you know, trying to make plans of some kind, 
and figure out what to do. Yeah. And and then it mentions at the end, it says, let's see, Frodo looked at Aragorn, but he seemed deep in his own thought and made no sign that he had heeded Boromir's words. And so their debate ended. Merry and Pippin were already asleep and Sam was nodding. The night was growing old. So yeah, so the hobbits are like, I mean, clearly we are not the brains of this operation. So we're going to go <laughs> yeah. to sleep. Y'all have fun figuring that we'll out. Let other people figure it just, out. Just point in, you know, tomorrow morning, just point in a direction and and we'll go there. I feel like we should mention Boromir's words. Yes. Where he's talking about, uh, he's like, if you wish only to destroy the ring, he said, then there is little use in war and weapons and the men of Minas Tirith cannot help. But if you wish to destroy the armed might of the Dark Lord, then it is folly to go without force into his domain and folly to throw away. And then he like pauses suddenly and he's like, it would be folly to throw away lives, I mean. And Frodo's like, wait. I don't think that's what you're going to say. It would be following you throw away what? Like the ring of power? <laughs> yeah. And it, um, and he, yeah. And Boromir also brought up kind of this similar idea too in the Council of Elrond about, he, he used the word folly and he said, this is, you know, going to lead straight to, I don't even know how to properly use the word. I know what folly means, but I don't, you know, like it's such an old word. I don't even know how to like properly use it in a sentence. <laughs> It'd be a great mistake. Yeah, like, basically. Yeah. Give it up. Yeah. Basically he says like, this is a bad idea. We're all going to die. Are you like, are you... Are you dumb or, you know, force, like the force gump quote, are you dumb or just plain stupid? Like, that's what Boromir's mood is almost of. Right. <laughs> We're all going to die. This is awful. What? This isn't going to go well. Yeah. He's like, we have the ring. Just men alone are not going to defeat, you know, uh, Saruman. Or sorry, Sauron. And yeah. so why not use the ring for our own purposes? Yeah. And he, he, it's almost like he came up with the idea for, he was like thinking out loud, like, well, I mean, if you want to defeat Sauron, then you will need an army. And then, then the men of Minas Tirith will come in handy. So you should definitely do that. And then he kind of like, as he was saying it, he realized what he was saying. And he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't want you to do that. Cause then a bunch of people are going to die. And that's just a waste of lives. Let's not do that. Right. So, they I don't know I just love that like they constantly are ending Tolkien will break up these sections and the first two sections of this chapter are broken up like when they end it's with the group still not really knowing what to do <laughs> the only thing that they yes. are doing is based off of the uh, semblance of a vague plan that the elves gave that Celeborn and Galadriel gave them of go down the great river and then once you get to Minas Tirith you'll have to make a decision about whether or not Boromir is going to hop out and be like, see ya. I'm going to. So does. So is Boromir from Minas Tirith? It's like that. Yes. His, so that's his home. And he just wants to go home. I don't home. know. Do they not mention it in the in the I thought maybe when they mentioned in the council that he's the son of the steward of Gondor. Oh, you know, that he very well could have mentioned that in that chapter but so much happens in that chapter i probably but yeah and it would be like <laughs> tolkien to make it a throwaway it. line that it's like son of the god you gotcha. know son of the steward oh, of yeah, Gondor. yeah, like, yeah. What aragorn does that even son of arathorn yeah boromir yeah. son of what did you say oh i can't even remember his son of the ruler of gondor sure let's go with that anyway yeah the steward yeah <laughs> steward yeah that's it so they wake up in the morning and <laughs> sorry i legitimately had to stop myself from saying they wake up in the morning feeling like p diddy 
<laughs> anyway, so they wake up and the elves give them for their journey because they're leaving. They give them this just sounds very delicious elf food called cram or or no, um, the it's dwarves call it lem- cram. Lembus bread. Yeah, yeah. The they have so- the dwarves have something similar. Yeah, the elves. Well, except not really similar. According to Gimli, he's like, wait a minute, this is yeah, way this better. is way better, <laughs> and it like sounds delicious. I'm like, I don't know what le- what lembus is, but I want it in my stomach right yes. now. It sounds so good. Um, I know we need to talk about how what amazing hosts the elves are. Yes, and how when these people are leaving, that they don't even really know them, but they're like, hey, let us give you like ultimate party favors to just take on your way (laughs) yeah and it yeah so the lamba it says the food was mostly in the form of very thin cakes made of a meal that was baked in a in a light brown on the outside and inside was the color of cream and they say that this food it, it will basically like if they eat it it'll hold them over for like the rest of the day because it's such a good right um fill a grown man for the day yeah. yeah and it also has to have some kind of like magical component to it as well because the earlier in the start of the book when when Pippin, Frodo, and Sam run into the random group of traveling elves, they give them some of their drink and it's some magical elf liquid that we don't know what it is. It's just some unnamed like golden liquid that makes them immediately feel fortified and strong and like they can continue going right. on. So clearly like elf Well, I like the idea that when it goes back to um, that the elves' magic is actually yeah. art. Like even down to the way that they bake their food is just an <laughs> art form, and so much superior to anything that we can make. And Gimli's like, "Oh, this is like cram," except then he eats it, and he's like, "Well, this is way better than the best cakes that mm-hmm. the dwarves have ever made." So not like cram. yeah, it's like um, it's definitely elvish. It's like when your grandma says the secret ingredient to her cookies is love. Love. Like <laughs> this is. It's like no, but <laughs> Gimli's like. So what? Tell me this. Like, what's in this? What's the secret ingredient? And they're like, love. No, really, yes. love. We we learned how to bottle love, and this contains approximately three teaspoons of essence of love. <laughs> <laughs> and then you bake it at three fifty, and then you let it cool, and then you stick it back in the oven for another five minutes just to let it crisp on the top. Oh, delicious. So Tolkien talks about lambus bread and he says well he was in one of his letters i just read so many of his letters preparing for this episode because i love them so much but he talks about i guess there was a movie in the war in the works of lord of the rings back in like the 50s and so he was like reading through the script and there's this letter that has bullet pointed numbered problems that he has with the script like (laughs) everything that he did not like many many problems it is, and it's so funny. But he's talking about Lembus bread, and he says that they, in the script, they call it food concentrate. And he's like, you know, I really don't like when people try and put my stories toward French fairy tales, but I also really don't like when people try and, um, what does he call it? I dislike equally any pull towards scientific scientification, of which this expression is an example. Um, he says, we are not exploring the moon or any other more improbable region. No analysis in any laboratory would discover chemical properties of Lambus that make it superior to other cakes of wheat meal. So he's like, 
Guys, it's not a science here. It's not some weird food concentrate. It's just elf magic. It's magic. Wonderful bread. <laughs> you can't. It's the art of the elves. Yeah, you can't quantify magic. I would love yeah. to see a Great British Bake Off elf version. Elf, st- elf yes. season. <laughs> With all the Lord of the Rings. Oh, food. it would be so. Oh, man. You know. Oh, they always... could do like Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter. They could just do like yeah. magical foods in general. Oh, and like who can good. make it best? Man, elf magic. It's the greatest. I <laughs> uh, know. So then they also give them these cloaks, which I want one too. It's, it's, it, was, <laughs> Absolutely. it was hard to say of what color they were. Gray with the Sorry. gray with the hue of twilight under the trees they seemed to be. And yet if they were moved or set in another light, they were green as shadowed leaves or brown as follow fields by night. Dusk silver as water under the stars. So like magical cloaks. I'm here for it. That's yeah, my favorite. Like, is that Pippin's like, are these magic cloaks? And the, <laughs> the leader of the elves is like, I don't know what you mean by that. Yeah, I do not know what you mean by that. They are fair garments and the web is good for it was made in this land. They are elvish robes, certainly, if that's what you mean. So basically he's saying like, <laughs> no, like this magic robes. I don't know what you're yeah. talking about. I mean, like, were they made by us elves in our magical tree forest land yes they were if that's what you mean by magical then i suppose they are magical cloaks (laughs) he's like they're not magic but they camouflage and they weigh very little but they'll keep you warm or cool as needed oh and they were made by lady galadriel and her maidens like another reason why she's so cool because she's like the leader of the land but she's sitting there weaving cloaks in her spare time i know which I feel total kindred spirit with her there because I love to sew. And so I'm like, look at that. Galadriel's making clothes, yeah. too. Yeah, this will have to be your next project, a camouflage <laughs> <laughs> elf cloak. Man. The only way I could even make that work is if I made it like double-sided and then you could stand in two very specific locations yeah. where it would camouflage. <laughs> yeah, you have to like line it up perfectly to match like the wall in your living room and then like a random yes. brick wall outside somewhere. <laughs> and that's it. It's like you can only like you, like you can only in hide spots. in these two places, but if you're yes. in those two places, you're very well hidden. So oh man so they start heading down to i guess the the riverfront where the 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 boathouse i suppose where all of the boats are and it's at this point that i'm like i really hope galadriel just ends up running after them and it's like wait for me i'm coming (laughs) because she would be an excellent addition to the fellowship I know that's not going to happen, but... They're, like, dying for a new leader. <laughs> Nobody really wants to take on yeah, the role. Yeah, Aragorn doesn't like, want to do it. Like, Aragorn is such yeah. a reluctant leader at this point. He's, he's like, earlier, earlier, he's literally like, I mean, I guess I'll be the leader because I cannot <laughs> for the life of me imagine what it would, you know, I can't picture the look on Frodo's face if I told him, hey, okay, have fun in Mordor, bye, I'm going to stay here. <laughs> so Meanwhile, Boromir would absolutely love to be leader. I don't know. But nobody feel, wants him. Yeah, I feel like he would be all for he's all for being the leader, and then the second they get to Minas Tirith, he's like, "Okay, bye. My, le- I'm done being but a that's leader the point, now." Is he wants to lead them right to Minas Tirith. Yeah. He's like, "Look, we can make good use of the ring in Minas Tirith, trying to beat back, you know, Sauron from here." 
Yeah. <laughs> he has a... Boromir's a man with a plan. It's not a yes. great plan, but he has <laughs> one, so... Which is more than I can say for Aragorn at this point. <laughs> right. Um, so they get down and they meet... Uh, they see all the boats that they're going to be taking, and they also... I don't know why this made me laugh. They see these ropes that the elves have made, slash ropes that the elves use, and I just like that there's a nice callback to rope because when they were packing to leave Rivendell, that's the one thing that Sam was like, oh, man, I forgot rope. And I know <laughs> that now that I've forgotten rope, that's going to be the one thing that I wish I had with me and blah, 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 blah. And so I like that they arrive and they see this rope and Sam is immediately fascinated with it. <laughs> He just yes, really likes some, too. some good rope. He like geeks out over the rope. Yeah. And he's like, man, what is it made out of? Yeah. And and they're like, you know, you always need a rope. And he's like, you don't need to tell me that. Yeah. I came without any and I've been worried ever since. I know. Yeah. And, and so the elf mentions that it's made with hithlane, mm-hmm. which I looked up. I don't know what that is. And it's a strong fiber from the inner bark of the Malorn trees, which they have there. Mm-hmm. in Lord. Yeah. And it's a silvery color. Uh, like the cloaks and so I was one you know I looked it up and some people hypothesize that the cloaks are also made from the same fiber of yeah. the Malorn tree I can but there's see not that. like evident or like Tolkien never said one yeah. way or the other I can t- no that makes complete sense to me yeah I just assumed that um what is it Hith yeah I just assumed that Hithlane was kind of like um whatever's the ni- whatever's the name of the really really special silver that's in Moria how it's a very right. valuable thing the that's specific yeah that's it that's specific to that area and that group of people I was like to- I'm sure that Tolkien has created this valuable resource for a reason <laughs> we'll find out I guess now I guess I don't know I think yeah right. I think it's funny that they the elves are like they kind of go into a little bit of the they like talk a little bit about the history of the rope and then they're like but we don't have time to show you how to yes. make it now <laughs> but we do have time to explain to you just how unique and special this rope is so I don't know it's right. kind of like um the joke from from the airplane movie of like a man is dying on this airplane we need to get to a hospital a hospital what is it it's a big building with lots of doctors where people go to get well but that's not important right now and right. it kind of feels like this it's like rope what is this it's made of hithlane no time for but that. that's not important right now so and then they get the boat which are light built and unable to sink so you know there's another amazing party favor you yeah. got the Lambus bread, the cloaks, the rope, the boat. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a lit party bag. Like when you're leaving your birthday the birthday <laughs> party when you're eight years old and then you get home and you go through the goodie bag and you're yes. like oh, I wanna know nice. why goodie bags aren't a thing at like adult birthday parties. At what point did we get too cool for that? I want a party bag. I think it's I don't know. I I'm trying to think of like what would I want in a goodie bag if I left my friend's birthday party. And I think I would just want things that like my friend wouldn't be able to afford, you know. (laughs) Maybe that's our taste got too expensive. Yeah. To be thrilled by like cheap little trinkets and gold coin chocolates and et cetera from party bags. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Although if we could all give gifts like the elves. Truth. Truth. So they yeah. So they talk about the boats and they're very special boats. I don't know. I just kind of they make the note and it says 
but they are wayward if mishandled. It's like, yes, any boat is wayward if mishandled. <laughs> Thanks for the update, elves. No duh. I kind of feel like it was almost a slight toward a little dig, you know, yeah. all the non-elves. They're like, well, just make sure you can handle these elvish boats. Yeah. Like, can you handle it? <laughs> and I I don't know why, but I kind of laughed at the boat arrangements. I mean, it makes complete sense. It says, Aragorn, Frodo, and Sam were in one boat. Boromir, Merry, and Pippin in another. And in the third were Legolas and Gimli, who had now become fast friends. I love that they're BFFs now. (laughs) I know. And they have such a heartfelt conversation at the end of the chapter, too. And I'm just like, yeah, that's how you show that (laughs) the the beef between your people is over now. That's how you show it is by having the elf character and the dwarf character be BFFs almost immediately. (laughs) But I just kind of laughed at the boat that in one boat, there's Boromir, Merry, and Pippin. And that just seems like... That one group on the school field trip that the teachers like that group is the one I got to keep my eye on because they're going to go wandering right. off and they're the going to like start splashing canoe fights. Yeah. And, you know, just... <laughs> yeah. Would not want to be in that boat. That's for sure. They start like rowing off and it's at the so when they were given the cloaks and then they walk away to see the boats. I was like, OK, this is it. They're leaving Lorien. That's so sad that we didn't get a more official goodbye from Galadriel. Oh, well, whatever. And then they get in the boats and then they hear Galadriel and I was like oh okay so it's not goodbye right now and they kind of rode the boats over to a different part of Lorien I think and Galadriel's song is a very that she's singing is a very um traditional like blessing like farewell that the elves or that she's singing on behalf of the elves and it doesn't like I'm sure it sounded pretty but the message I don't know it just seemed so some of the lyrics the the lines say oh Lorian the winter comes the bare and leafless day the leaves are falling in the stream the river flows away and then the last two lines say but if of ships I now should sing what ship would come to me what ship would bear me ever back across so wide a sea and it just sounds like Maybe you could have sung a a song with a little bit more hopeful message. <laughs> that just it's seems definitely very a sad ominous song and sad. of parting. <laughs> yeah. Also, I love that she's singing this from her boat that is shaped like a swan. Oh yeah, I missed that part. Like, yeah. okay, so Celeborn and Galadriel are just like floating down the river, river in this giant swan boat. That so dramatic. Like, I mean. <laughs> couple goals they're like it's honestly amazing boat. yeah so as they're in, going down the river they make a note that like oh wow look at that big swan over there oh wait that's a boat yes. with Celeborn <laughs> and Galadriel in it and then now that you said that I am imagining a like stereotypical cliche boat from like a tunnel of love ride love yeah that's <laughs> what I was thinking too I was like what came first somebody was like a Lord of the Rings fan whoever first made the tunnel of love ride and yeah with like, the Swan. Swans. <laughs> you know, we just gotta ride in swans so that we can be like Kelleborlad. So dramatic. So they all stop for their official, kind of the official ending feast farewell party. And right, it's a big parting feast picnic. Yeah. That's also a surprise. Like they thought they were surprise. on their way and they're like, oh, wait. We don't have to quite leave Lorien left. We get to yet. eat more food. I'm, I'm yeah, here for that. that. Too. More elvish food. Yeah. Oh, also, real quick, I want to read this part. It 
describes, this is talking about Galadriel as she's singing and they're watching her from the boat. It says, she seemed no longer perilous or terrible, nor filled with hidden power. Already she seemed to him as by men of later days, elves still at the time are seen. Present and yet remote, a living vision of that which has already been left far behind by the flowing streams of time. Man, what a magical, beautiful person Galadriel is. (laughs) (laughs) So then this is where is the paragraph that I was talking about where Caliborn literally gives just like step-by-step instructions and names every single thing that they're going to pass by going down the Great River. Let me see if I can count one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen he name drops 14 places or rivers or or mountains whatever within this one paragraph (laughs) i know and that's one of the things i was talking about like it's so much more fun reading this for a second time because you're like oh i know at least what half of those refer to (laughs) there's still some that i'm like i don't know what that Yeah, exactly. I don't know where that comes into play. But about half of them, you're like, you'll hear those names again later. I also stopped and giggled for about five minutes because one of the name one of the name drops is let's, um, over the cataracts of Rauris into the Nindolf the wet wing as it is called in your tongue and I giggled like a fifth grader for a long time at the name wet wing. <laughs> Like I'm doing now. Like he, Tolkien has so many like great, cool names for places. And then he has this one and called Wet Wing. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay. Like, I mean, Dead Marshes, that's a perfectly ominous name. <laughs> but the Wet Wing is just. Oh, funny. Wet Wing. Oh, man. So then is the kind of official goodbye, which is at this, at this point, I'm like, there have been a lot of false goodbyes oh it's because yeah so Celeborn gives a formal kind of closing speech goodbye and I'm like okay this is it this is when they're leaving right and then it goes into Galadriel giving her gifts I'm like good lord they've said goodbye like 20 (laughs) times in this chapter and it's a short chapter too (laughs) and so we get to Galadriel's giving of the gifts which sounds like a Christmas special about giving homeless children toys during the holiday season but <laughs> you know her gifts remind me of um lion the witch the lion the witch, witch and the wardrobe where yeah. santa comes and he has like the perfect gift for each person yeah this is what it totally reminds me of yes which i mean we know lewis and tolkien were friends but oh BFFs. who had the idea first <laughs> i know that's what <laughs> that's what i wonder about all the time because Tolkien mentions like the trees were getting up and walking and I know so I'm only going off of my knowledge of the movie but I know that that happens in the Prince Caspian movie the trees like get up and start moving so like yeah who like who did it first Tolkien or Lewis and then also in a previous again I don't know if it's in the Narnia if it's in the Narnia books I know it's in the movie but in a chapter not too long ago Frodo goes like 
for the Shire. And all I could think of is for Narnia. For Narnia, yes. <laughs> so I wonder if And they I think would a like... lot of it comes based off of mythology. Like mm-hmm. they kind of draw similar ideas. Yeah. Like the idea of wood nymphs has been around since, you know, Greek and Roman mythology. Yeah. So in that case, I think they pulled from those for Narnia. And um, his Tolkien's trees are called Ent, which are my favorite character in the entire like I don't know uh the whole you know trilogy and so when you get to the end chapters I would love to come back and talk about the (laughs) end I'll put you down on the schedule yes I'm dibsing it now if I can yes please call dibs (laughs) um yeah I wonder if they just like would trade off and be like hey hey I really like that idea you used about the the trees (laughs) do you mind if I use it yeah yeah but only if I can use your for Narnia thing and can I do exactly. that? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. So Ar- We're sharing. <laughs> so Galadriel gives Aragorn a beautifully crafted sheath for the sword. And then Aragorn kind of gives like a, not a sassy answer, but like, it's a very nice gift. And he doesn't exactly say thank you. He says, lady, you know all my desire and long held in keeping the only treasure that I seek. Yet it is not yours to give me, even if you would. And only through darkness shall I come to it. So this is where I get confused because up until now, my prediction is that Aragorn is in love with Galadriel like Baron and Luthien and they can't be together for different for obvious reasons and uh-huh. oh actually it's later so after he says that she gives him this green gem kind of brooch thing and let's see right with the stone of Elisar. yes, yes. and it was given to her daughter and then her daughter gave it to her daughter, which is Galadriel's granddaughter. Yes. And if I understood it correctly, Arwen is Galadriel's granddaughter. And so kind of this piece of information and then also what Aragorn says I'm like okay well now I'm confused because it said he says you know all my desire and long held in keeping keeping the only treasure I seek yet it is not yours to give me even if you would so now I'm like okay maybe he's not in love with maybe it is Arwen after all because originally that was what I predicted in the first place was that he loves Arwen and they can't be together for some reason. And now I'm like, ooh, well, maybe it makes sense that Galadriel is saying, you can't be with my granddaughter because you are a mortal man and she is a beautiful elf woman who don't need no mortal man and she doesn't approve and that's why Aragorn can't be with Arwen. I don't know. I, I'm <laughs> just confusing myself with, with my dumb, bold claims. <laughs> There's so much here and it... Like, I mean, when Galadriel gives him the LSR, she says, it was left in my care to be given to you. So the LSR is not actually from her. It's from someone else. Okay. See, that's how, thank you for pointing that out because I was confused. I was like, well, wait a minute. If she gave it to her daughter and then her daughter gave it to Arwen, how did it get back to Galadriel to give away? So I guess, uh, okay, I'm sticking with this theory that Arwen and Aragorn are think it through a little bit yeah because we know that arwen would have been the last one in possession Mm -hmm. of it and galadriel says it was left in my care to be given to you 
Okay. So I see that. what you're doing, Tolkien, but not really. I also had a very also, terrifying. Don't get too yeah. Oh no, sorry. Say, go don't ahead. get too hopeful uh, about hearing any more of his love story. Oh, until I'm like <laughs> I'm sure it won't the happen. Very end. <laughs> yeah. Well, what was I say? Oh, I also have another terrifying prediction to make. So while I'm recording an episode or something, I'm not always, you know, I don't always like exactly remember what I'm saying, or I don't always process it, or I don't always remember or fully take in what my guest has said. So while I'm editing it, it's a lot more time for me to think over what just happened and what the conversation was like. And I was editing an episode recently where I said... I'm talking about this prediction I have where Aragorn is in love with some, at this point, mysterious elf woman. I'm assuming, I don't know, either Galadriel or Arwen. I guess Arwen at this point is what I'm going with. Because he told the story of Baron and Luthien, and I'm saying, and in the episode I was saying like, yeah, he told the story where the mortal man fell in love with the elf woman, and then the mortal man died, and then the elf woman gave up her immortality to die with him. And as I was listening to myself say this, I was like, oh no, oh no, Aragorn's gonna die, and then some elf woman is gonna give up her immortality to to die with him and god i hope that doesn't happen and and that's my that's my sad terrifying bold claim <laughs> is that aragorn will be like baron and some unnamed elf woman presumably arwen will be like luthien we shall see we shall see um i do want to really mention that i know i'm not, I'm not gonna talk about that okay <laughs> I will mention that, uh, so Elisar is the name of the stone, but it was also um, predicted or foretold that Aragorn would be called King Elisar. Ooh, so cool. there's like a connection between his necklace and a future possible king title. Ooh, cool. I like, I mean, sometimes, sometimes, okay, Tolkien, sometimes your attention to detail is cool. I get it. <laughs> it comes so, back around. Yeah. So then this made me laugh a lot. Galadriel gives Boromir, Merry, and Pippin belts. <laughs> Okay, I loved that too. I was like, <laughs> like hey, you know, I don't gets... have a priceless stone to give you. So the LSR holds the light of the sun. Like it's a priceless, like it's the most yeah. uh, like celebrated thing that like the these elvish people have. And she's giving it to him. And uh, so it's like, yeah, you get this Aragorn, but I've just got some, you know, gold and silver belts for Boromir and Mary and Pippin. Pippin. The boat number yeah. two crew. <laughs> and, exactly. <laughs> and like literally all everyone else gets, you know, like Fro uh, Frodo, Aragorn, Gimli, like, like they all get these beautiful meeting, meaningful gifts and they're given with much fanfare and beautiful explanations and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then literally within the span of two sentences, it says, the lady bowed her head, then she turned to Boromir, and to him she gave a belt of gold, and to Merry and Pippin she gave small silver belts, each with the clasp wrought like a golden flower. And that's it. Yeah, it's so not even one sentence. It's not even two. Yeah, it's one. It's one <laughs> sentence that uses a semicolon. So, <laughs> yes, man, poor boat number two crew. <laughs> so very predictably, Legolas gets quiver of arrows and a new bow. Is that what he gets? Let's see. Yes. A new bow. Or I love that it says it's strung with 
elf hair yeah like, who's elf hair is it galadriel's elf hair <laughs> Ooh, with yeah so then... is that like a little bff moment for um gimli and legolas like they each have some elf hair gifts yeah <laughs> so they ask gimli what like dwarf what shall you want and gimli being a very nice humble dwarf says it's just enough for the elves to have welcomed me here and, you know, not killed me. So I don't need a gift. Thanks very much. And Galadriel basically forces him to say what he wants. And like such a creepy... It's like truth and dare. <laughs> like, what do you really want? Tell me the truth. He just sounds like such a creeper. And he asks for a string of her hair. And I know it's supposed to be like her hair is beautiful, obviously. Right. And he has fallen so much in, in love like with awe her. of her yeah yeah no i, mean, I love that it all, says but... that uh, well yes and i love that it says that Celeborn gazed at the dwarf in wonder and he's like man this dwarf keep, keeps like hitting on my wife like what is he doing <laughs> yeah and everyone in the crowd is shocked that yeah. and they're kind of not disgusted but they're like oh I would never. And like, what a weird request Galadriel's like, no, no, no. I asked him what he wanted, and he said he wanted my hair. I'm sure he has a very good reason for it. And <laughs> I don't know. Just like this is how a lot of like characters in movies who are stalkers start off as, you know, like, like I have a bag of your hair in the back of my closet, <laughs> like, and I don't know. I know it was a different time, and I know her hair is magical, but... I just... think of it more of in, in past <laughs> generations where it was like a, a token of love to give a lock of hair to somebody, yeah. you know, like they'd carry it and treasure it. I think that's so creepy, and you might have a different perspective because you have children, but my mom has like a lock of my hair Does from like still? my first haircut, and I remember it's Okay, I'm not some... sentimental, so I never did that. Okay, because I think it's so creepy. She, It's like a little... Um, it's in like a little pot, like silver, <laughs> like it looks like a jewelry thing. And so like I remember sometimes I would go into her room and be looking for something and I would lift up the like cover on this Look, bowl yes. and like there would be hair. And I'm like, why do you have <laughs> hair in here? That's disgusting. <laughs> like why? Go put it in a baby book or something. You know, I'd least. rather the hair than the people who keep their kids teeth that fall out. I think that's so much worse. Oh, it's like, oh, what are you going to do make a new mouth with that i don't know uh, okay if you want <laughs> totally off topic if you want nightmares look up these dolls that people make oh using no. teeth from their kids oh, oh no <laughs> it is the most disgusting thing oh terrifying every inch of my body just cringed oh god that's they're gross. so gross oh that's so gross. i don't know why anyone would oh that's nasty okay so <laughs> back to galadriel's beautiful cat I love that when, okay, on a happier note, yes. on a less creepy note, I love that when she says, um, that she gives him the hair, gives Gimli the hairs, and he says that, you know, she says that if, should hope not fail, she's like, I'll give you this kind of, like, promise to go along with it. She says that your hands shall flow with gold, and yet over you gold shall have no dominion, like, having no power over you, you know? So, like, you'll be wealthy, but you won't be one of those terrible people who hoards their wealth. Yeah, you won't be greedy about it. it. Yeah, exactly. And, and becomes a terror because of it. And I love that. It's like, I mean, you know how when you think about you get three wishes or whatever and from a genie and everyone's like, well, I want endless money. Like, remind me to ask for this exact yeah. statement here. It's you like, know, I like- want to be rich, 
I want to be rich, but I don't want to let my money ruin me as a person. Exactly. Yeah. It's like the, you know, the um, Midas Exactly. Midas touch. Yeah. Let's see. So we did Gimli, Legolas, Sam. Oh, we got to go back and talk about Sam. Yeah. Because I... Love it's his a gift great, so much. Yeah, Sam gets, it's a box with soil from the forest in it. And it's for should they ever return or be able to settle down again. And he has a garden again. He can sprinkle the soil and it'll make everything that grows in it beautiful and, and wonderful. And it's like such a just nice, thoughtful gift. <laughs> and it's right, so simple so the, too. Yeah. So the box, that, and it's so tailored to Sam. The box that it's in is a box of gray wood, so perhaps another, you know, Malorn tree gift. And he gets this, like, dirt. But, you know, we know that his dad's a gardener, so this is... And we know how much he loves the Shire, and he, like, wants to Mm -hmm. go back to the Shire. Yeah. And when she was doing her fierce gaze of knowledge at everyone in the previous chapter to, like, look into the depths of their soul and see whether or not they were legit and whether or not they were going to stay on this journey. The thing that Sam later says is, oh, I was imagining myself going back, being back at home with my own little garden. So she has seen this, this dream and what Sam wishes he could be doing right now. So it's, it's all very, it's all very sentimental and, and special, but it's not a huge, like magical or powerful gift. It's just, you know, it's a, it's a bringing it back to Pirates of the Caribbean. I've got a jar of dirt. I've got a jar of dirt. <laughs> and guess what's inside it? I love that hers. Yeah, like you said, it's a simple gift. It's like a promise of hope. She knows that yeah. he wants nothing, nothing more than to go back to the Shire. And with having just seen in the mirror of Galadriel mm-hmm. that like the Shire destroyed. So like if that were to happen, this is his chance to not only return to the Shire, but to help rebuild the Shire. Yeah. A gift of hope. Yeah, that's a great way of thinking of it too. It's it represents so much more than just being a box of dirt. <laughs> I mean, from her own personal orchard. So Yes. Oh yeah. She's that thinking she's thinking fondly of Sam. Yes. Unlike Bormir's <laughs> gift of a gold, a belt. gold belt. He's like, she's like, dime a dozen. She's like, I didn't really Lord. connect that well with Boromir, so <laughs> let's give him a gold belt. It's like, well, what about what about Merry and Pippin? Silver belts, <laughs> and then Frodo. Who was referred to, I can't remember if she did this in the last chapter or if it's happened before, but she refers to him, him as the ring bearer, um, which I think is funny. She gives him a crystal vial. It says, it glittered as she moved it and rays of white light sprang from her hand. In this vial, she said, is caught the light of Aaron- Arendelle's star set amid the waters of my fountain. It will shine still brighter when night is about you. May it be a light to you in dark places when all the other when all other lights go out. Remember Galadriel and her mirror. So up until that last part, I was like, oh wow, what a nice like gift of hope. And then it says, remember Galadriel and her mirror. But the mirror gave these like awful, horrible visions. So it almost feels kind of like 
kind of like in Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix when Dumbledore sends the Howler right before it's in the very beginning and there were the Dementors and the Dursleys are about to kick Harry out and he sends a Howler that says like Petunia, remember my last. And it's very ominous and powerful. So I don't know, that's kind of conflicting messaging there for me at least. Um, Well, and I think because part of it is so she uses the the starlight from Arendelle she uses that in her mirror yeah and so I mean and that's where she's getting this little file of liquid from so yeah I don't know if she's meaning like remember what you saw, saw in, in the, the mirror, mirror yeah or remember me and remember she knows that the mirror me is exactly. even when oh she starts crying <laughs> immediately yes I know and yeah so. And she's like, well, the mirror is something you'll definitely remember because that was kind of a scary thing to happen. So <laughs> yeah. remember me in my mirror, like, you know, yeah. just remember us. And so after all the gifts have been given, she sings a song in an old Elvish language. And thankfully, we don't know what is said. So I was immediately <laughs> like, yay, I can skip over this song. <laughs> it's kind of roughly translated afterwards. And it's essentially yeah. just a, so- a song of farewell. And mm-hmm. then they all get back in their boats and they they sail away and or I don't know, row away. And Gimli and Legolas have a little cry. They all kind of cry. And Gimli and Legolas just talk about how sad they are to be leaving. And Gimli in particular is very sad because obviously this was a huge deal that he even got to be there in the first place and that the elves put aside their differences and decided to come together after like thousands of years. (laughs) They finally put everything aside. And now they're off into the abyss. I love the way that it says that, you know, they go around the bank of the river and the light of Lorien was hidden. Yeah. Which this whole idea of them on the river is they're like, hey, on the west side is us where there's light and, you know, peace and good things. And you can travel down this side for a ways, but eventually you're going to have to cross over to mm-hmm. the east side of the river, which is what leads you to, you know, to Mordor. To Mor- and so it's like, you know, at some point you have to leave the light to finish this yeah. journey. And so just that idea that the light of Lorien is now hidden and that they have to move yeah, on, they can't, on the, on the can't darkest go back, part of yeah. their journey. And I think it even says at some point that Frodo would, that was it. Like he would know, Frodo was never to return there again. So we know that like, this is the last we'll see of Lorien. Yeah. And that makes me sad. So on that downer of an ending. <laughs> I do love that ends. Gimli becomes a philosopher at the end. You know, he's like, I would not have come had I known the danger of light and joy. Yeah. Like it's so painful to him to leave this beautiful memory. And so I like that he and Legolas talk about it. And he's saying that, you know, um, Legolas is saying, you know, I count you blessed um, for having come here and getting to suffer this loss because some people will never know it at all. Mm -hmm. And Gimli's probably the first dwarf ever to know it. So that's a huge deal. So. Wow. Well, Valerie, what um, what would you like to share with our audience? Where can people find you on the internet? 
Well, my husband and I co-host a podcast called Hello from Elsewhere, which is a lot of fun. We talk about all different kinds of themes and fiction, books and movies mostly, TV shows sometimes, um, you know, things like Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, etc. All of our favorite Star Wars, of course. And speaking of... If I didn't mention Star Wars, I'd probably be in trouble. And speaking of (laughs) Remember Me, you guys just literally like just did an episode about Coco. (laughs) I didn't watch the other movie. I haven't watched that other movie, but now it's on my list because I'm like, if it's similar at any in any way to Coco it's got to be a good movie oh, yeah. so it's a beautiful movie yes and uh, so you can, can follow us on Instagram at elsewhere underscore pod and uh, and if you're interested in I have a personal sewing uh, like sewing Instagram account called wildfire kiss is where I share all of my it's so sewing good. things that are it's so cool that are not like Galadriel's magic cloaks but they're lots of fun it's so cool, and you're so talented and so cool. I wish I had any oh, kind thanks. of level of skill like that. I like sew a button onto a jacket, and I'm like, wow, I'm amazing. Look at what I did. So <laughs> That is amazing. Some people have to, you know, go without a button forever. I know. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about is a production of Bacon and Eggs. You can learn more about them by going to baconandeggs.media. The cover art is by Graphite, aka Vaishan Brandon. You can support him on Instagram at graphite.vmb. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at TolkienAboutPod. You can find me on Twitter at mcwatt416 and Instagram at mcturndownforwatt. And if you're listening and you like this, please rate and review. And if you're listening and you don't like this, then don't ever tell anyone ever again. (laughs) Keep it secret. Yeah, keep it secret. Keep it safe. (laughs) Cool. Well, I'm like not scared. I... I'm feeling so many conflicted feelings because I only have two chapters left of fellowship after this. You are so close. Like, what the heck? And I know that something epic has to happen in the next chapter because chapter 10 is called the breaking of the fellowship. So what the heck (laughs) happens? That's a little something. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm nervous. I'm excited. And and I've been listening to the episode, your episodes, but I haven't been reading a lot until you you know asked me to and so I was like okay but now at this point I'm like well I have to keep reading because I'm at like the climax of the book I can't just stop here oh my gosh I'm like so good just so many I'm a glass case of in a glass case of emotions right now like just (laughs) just I don't know how to handle things um listeners if you have any ideas or, or comments or anything about what I should do for the last chapter of fellowship uh send me a tweet or a reply or a comments or somewhere on social media because I want to do something fun for the last chapter. I just don't know what. <laughs> so we'll see. Some epic way to celebrate. I know. I don't know what to do. Bake I'm- some Lambus bread. <laughs> well, if either one of my producers, Tyler and Ethan, would catch up, I could have one of them on as a guest. <laughs> but one of them just had to go and have a baby. And then the other one just had to go around the country and tour with bands and take really cool photography. So fine, I guess you How have valid have excuses. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just over here like in my own little Lord of the Rings world. <laughs> You are like the fellowship, just plodding along the trail, and they're like the elves off to the side, just doing their own thing. (laughs) Don't ever tell them that, (laughs) that they're the elves. That gives them too much power. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah, and that's what I'm talking about. Yeah.